Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and the JZO Modcast Podcast Network. I'm your host, Don Smith. It's another fine installment of How Do You Do Lockdown. We talk with relationship coach Rick Sodebeer so he can tell me everything I'm doing wrong. If you enjoy the show, like and follow The Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter, or tune in live on Tuesdays when we're back from lockdown from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. The brutal presence overwhelms me. Brutal presence. All right. Hey, welcome to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are still on COVID-19 lockdown. Everybody's stuck at home. Uh, so what else are you going to do but listen to this crazy stuff? I got, so it sounds like some kid's finally out mowing my yard, too. So we're going to have lawnmower going by in the middle of this show <laughs> pretty bad i'm stuck at home still too lazy to mow my own yard that's <laughs> well there you go <laughs> actually that that's what's that's the good thing that's come out of, of uh, quarantine uh my next door neighbor they've been there for about three years now and yesterday was the first time i spoke to them and uh they <laughs> She said she she had a, a high school student that needed stuff to do and would gladly mow my yard. And I said, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Have at it, buddy. Have at it. <laughs> exactly. So my, my guest is on, the, is on Skype with me. We figured it out. We got through the technical issues. And uh, one thing I didn't ask when we were working on the technical issues is how do you pronounce your last name? Because uh, I don't want to try it and butcher it. Well, oh, come on. Give me a break here. I want to hear you butcher it. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to try it. Rick uh, Soda Beer. Exactly. That was correct? That is correct, yeah. Wow, it, all right. If, if you think of it like soda and beer, the two beverages, you get it right every time. So you did a great job, Don. All it right, was... well, that's what I've been thinking about. Mostly yeah. the beer, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, well, we're we're off on the right foot then. If I get the name right, we're off on the right foot. So, <laughs> you are a relationship coach, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I I basically work with singles to help them make better decisions about the people they date and the relationships they get into. Okay, so you don't try to save the disasters; you try to prevent them. I, that's that's right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, there's so many disasters out there. I try to work on the front end, and and um, I would I would say that would be a lot better to do because once once it's a disaster, I I really don't know what can save it at this point. Yeah, there. You know, when when couples start coming to me and say, "Rick, help us," I normally push them off or or guide them off to a therapist or a counselor because. When you start getting that deep into the weeds and trying to fix problems, nah, that's not my forte. That's not my wheelhouse. Yeah, that totally understand. Mine either. That's why. That's why my marriage is uh, is on the rocks, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, great. And this well, that's, is yeah, that's, and this that's, is recorded that's... for posterity. Exactly. Oh, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to come as a surprise to anybody. I think. She's leading that charge. Yeah, yeah. She 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 moved out almost a year now. Oh, oh. 
So yeah. All right, then. <laughs> so I might need your advice when I start getting back into it. <laughs> well, if she's if well, now you can act like you're dating again and and start figuring things out. Let's. <laughs> there might be there might be hope. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't I don't. But we'll talk about you. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, chicken. What, what I, <laughs> we'll save my problems for other episodes. We don't want to get too deep <laughs> okay. into me because. You know, we never know where that would end up. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, t- tell me how you got uh, how you got started in this uh, in the, in the fun realm of uh, relationship coaching. Well, you know, it's it, it's kind of a never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be on this journey. But I've been a student of self and relationship improvement for over thirty five years, and with experience of going through a divorce 10 years ago and, you know, and, and spending 25 years with my ex, you know, I started recognizing, you know, that, that I made a lot of mistakes and, and, you know, my ex made mistakes too. And, and so I have to take my responsibility uh, for, for what one went on in the marriage. It takes two to tango. And um, at the time uh, my marriage was ending, I was, or the, yeah, at the time my marriage was ending and, and shortly after it had, had ended, I was kind of searching myself, doing some soul searching and, and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And at the time I was a financial advisor and, and a friend of mine challenged me. She said, what's your, what's your passion? And I I started thinking about it. It took me about a week or 10 days to, to really come to a, um, a definitive answer for her. And, and the next time we were on the phone, we were talking, I started sharing some ideas about, uh, based on my experience of going through a divorce and everything that I've learned, uh, started laying out the premise for a book on dating to help people make smarter decisions. She started throwing some ideas back at me and I paused and I said, why don't you help me write the book? She paused and said, okay. So like three days later, we were, we had a working outline and we were off to the races. And, um, shortly after starting writing the book, I said, you know, I think this is what I want to do when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, you know, one thing led to another. I ended up I ended up retiring uh, from my financial planning practice, sold it to a great guy, and and I haven't looked back ever since. And I'm just on this journey, this mission to 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 help people you know, step back from all the infatuation and raging hormones of of <laughs> new relationships and and help them look and say, yeah, is this really what I want? Hmm. So. Awesome. Could you get, give me just a second? I'm going to pause for a second. I got my guy mowing the yard over on the side. I don't want him to hit my dog leash. <laughs> <laughs> so give me two seconds. Yeah, right no worries. Back. Sorry about this. <laughs> Sorry. Last thing I want to do is destroy their mower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wasn't just... quite as worried about the leash as I was wrapping it up and destroying their mower. Yeah, I'm just envisioning that thing getting sucked up and the kid spending the next four hours trying to unwind it. Oh, yeah, or come loose, wrap around his leg and suck. Yeah, that could have been, oh, all, that oh, could have been all kinds of bad on that. 
I might even leave that in there for the recording just for fun. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I was I was I was on a podcast the other day and and uh, all of a sudden the guys and and we we had the video going and all of a sudden the guys light starts flickering like you know, it was going on and off and on and off. And it reminded me of, of when you're a kid and you're standing on the porch trying to give the girl a kiss goodnight and the parents start flipping the <laughs> porch light on. Yep, it's time for this one to end. Yep, I guess this interview's <laughs> over. <laughs> so, well, well, we'll get back on track here eventually. This is the live radio show. We usually don't uh, stay on track for long. So me oh, running that's off all to right. check on my lawnmower kid is not really, not out of the ordinary. From I mean, I guess from the live version of the show in the studio, I don't have to worry about my lawn being mowed while I'm there. But we, we all have to make changes during lockdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> what are some of the common pitfalls in, in beginning a new relationship? Well, if if, there, if there's a way to put it in the in the something simplistic, how long have we got, Don? Uh, <laughs> the top three. <laughs> well, I think I think really one of the big pitfalls is is starting to date without knowing exactly what you want. And I hear so many people talk about dating for, you know, a year, two years, five years, and all of a sudden waking up or or even getting to that three or four year period and saying, yeah, this really isn't the relationship I wanted. And what I find is that that had they had some clarity in what they were looking for, they would have avoided this relationship altogether. You know, if they were, if they would have taken the blinders off, they could have seen in the first 30 days, this isn't the relationship they wanted to, to uh, spend a lifetime in. So, uh, you know, that's one of the huge ones. Another one is, is that when I ask somebody what they're looking for, they can tell me exactly what they don't want, but they can't tell me what they do want. And the, uh, and, and, uh, it, and, and wanting, figuring out what you want is not necessarily the opposite of what you don't want. So right. then probably the other one is, is jumping back into the dating world too quickly. Um, the, the, this is getting really serious, Don. It, well, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Cause just, <laughs> just I, I've seen all these. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and yeah, just wait. And and so the, the the third one is is getting back into the dating world too quickly. You haven't taken time to heal and grieve the loss of a relationship, whether it's a marriage or um, you just broke up with somebody, and whether it's only a few months or or you know it's been you know a couple, two, three, four, five years or ten years, whatever the relationship was. You need to take time to to heal from that and grieve the loss of that relationship because face it when when somebody walks out of your life or you walk out of somebody's life there's a big hole there you know right. you, you you did a lot of things with them and um in spite of the fact that it's ending and and it's probably not the greatest relationship to begin with you had a companion you had a partner you there were and, and so now that's gone and you've got to fill this time with something else and part of what you need to do is fill that time with some self-reflection and um, figuring out 
what what you did right and what you did wrong and and what's what signs you missed what 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 things you can do better next time so right i, I think one of the things i know with me is uh, when when a relationship ends or is on the outs i try to go not necessarily find a new relationship, but just go out and try to have fun. Next thing I know, I'm kind of accidentally in a relationship I wasn't looking for. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, it's the that's unintentional relationship. Yeah, and, and I always contend we need to date intentionally. Again, we need to know what we're looking for. We need to know why we want this relationship, um, and and your why has to be. Um, your why has to be uh, paramount. It, it, you have to understand that why. Why do you want that relationship? Why do you want to have someone in your life? Is it because you're needy and, and, and lonely? Is it because you, you want somebody to share the bills with? Or is it, is it because you long to have that connection with someone, that, that, that truly deep um, connection where you, you connect intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, physically, speak similar love languages, um, haven't have common, common goals and morals and values and the chemistry and all those things combined, um, combined to make, uh, or, or to, to create the, the extraordinary relationship or soulmate relationship. So it, it's, you know, when you, when you jump into it blind, you're going to miss all this stuff. And because you're not, you're just not paying attention. So the idea is to pay attention up front and say, you know, why am, why am I doing this? What do I want? Um, and, and, uh, you know, let you, you have to get to a point where you can let go of the past. Right. As, as far as going in, knowing what you want with your eye, that that's a lot easier said than done. Cause I mean, it's real easy to get blinded by the, the, the thoughts and the hopes that we all have kind of going into a relationship. Well, and that's exactly right. And that's why I try to teach people that you need to create a must have list. And these are the, the must have list is a list of the non-negotiable characteristics that you want in a relationship. And the, the, um, if, if there, if it's something that would be nice to have, that would go on a different list. We just want the absolute non-negotiables. And that way, when you're when you're dating someone, you know, your first couple of dates, you can start looking at that list. And it has to be written and it has to be written in a positive format um, so that you can step back from the infatuation and raging hormones of a new relationship and start looking at the list and saying, does he have this, this, this and this? Or does she have this, this, this and this? And, the, you know, everything that you're looking for. And if you have a list of 20 non-negotiables and and she has 19 what do you do right so yeah, how, how negotiable are your non-negotiables <laughs> they should be absolutely non-negotiable if she has 19 of the 20 your first word should be next because wow. what you what you want to be doing is looking for extraordinary uh, and the minute the minute you allow um that one that one non-negotiable to go missing, you're settling. And unfortunately, uh, probably 88 to 90% of people are 90% uh, 90 of couples settle for less than extraordinary. 
and and that's why we have such a high divorce rate. That's why, you know, because we don't take time to heal. That's why the second, third and fourth um, marriages tend not to last and they they fail at a greater rate than first marriages. So there's 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 a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on here and we need to make sure we get healthy emotionally um, before we start diving back into the dating world. Absolutely. And I didn't, what do you recommend for that? Just time and therapy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you're if you're carrying a lot of anger and a lot of animosity or a lot of hostility, absolutely, therapy or counseling is 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 uh, the the order of the day. Uh, but uh, you, for the mo- for the most part, uh, recovering from a broken heart is it just takes some time. And a general rule of thumb is is uh, taking a month for every year you were married or for every year you were in a relationship. You know, for me, uh, I started seeing progress. I was with my ex for 25 years and I started seeing progress after about after about 13 months. But it, it took two or three years, literally, for me to get back on track and get my feet under me again. Because what happens is, is when we're in a marriage or in a long-term relationship, we tend to morph to try to make that relationship work um, for the most part. I mean, if we're, if we're ignoring our mate completely, then, well, we've got other issues. Um, but the, the idea is that, if, for example, my ex wasn't particularly fond of my sense of humor. Go figure. Yeah, uh, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for the last 10 years of my marriage, I walked around on eggshells because I was afraid to, to say something funny because of potentially offending her. And, you know, that, you know, that creates problems in and of itself. So, you know... So uh, it, it's taken me several years to regain my sense of humor because uh, I, after leaving the marriage, I didn't just magically change. You know, it takes time to find ourselves again. And that's that's part of that time, taking time before you dive back into another relationship to find out who who you are. I had to take time to find out who Rick is. I Don needs to take time to find out who Don is and everybody else needs to do the same thing. Um, it doesn't mean you can't date. Just don't date seriously. Don't date to get into a relationship. And it's so easy to do because, hey, this was fun. You want to go out again? Yeah, sure. And right. pretty soon you're in a in 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 a routine and and you're dating somebody. And pretty pretty soon it's like, oh crap, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There too. This is this is a very real. <laughs> I know. Hey. Now, I was going to say, you, you mentioned the sense of humor. I mean, I, I'm a comedian, so, of course, my sense of humor won out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a big part of the problem. <laughs> well, you know, and... and because they, as, as a comedian, if I'm going on stage, I'm going to bring things from my life. Yeah. That's what, that's, that's my realm. That's where I pull my humor, and to go up there and not talk about things going on in my relationship and my marriage it's really hard not to do so i think the best thought there is is don't date a comedian because <laughs> well, <laughs> they're going just, to say stuff it, about it. It, it, just well you know and i get it 
I get people, you know, people that, that I meet and, and we talk about dating is as well, especially dating online. Oh, my God, you should. The, some of the uh. stuff that happens dating <laughs> online, you know, they ask me what I do. I'm a dating coach. Really? Seriously? Or the first time I'm on the phone, if they don't know what I do, um, I know it's not going to go well if they burst into laughter. You know? <laughs> right. right. You know? So, I mean, it's like. Oh, yeah, this just isn't you're not going to take me seriously, I guess. Yeah, this isn't going anywhere. So, yeah. So the the point I'm trying to make here, Don, is that your ex or your 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 wife um, should have recognized that. Yeah, this this stuff is going to come out and he's a comedian and our life is going to be fodder for for um, for the stage. And, you know, that's. Yeah, uh, it's 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 hard to do. I I understand from a non-comedian point of view, it's really hard to see your life made fun of. Yeah. Because to to me up there, I'm not really making fun of it. I'm talking about it and working through it sure. with humor. That's yeah. how my brain works, and that's that's how comedians' brains work in general. Is we usually deal with the hard stuff by disarming it and laughing at it. Yeah, and absolutely. Some some folks have a very hard time doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, if you marry a comedian, you got to expect it. <laughs> that's and Don, yeah. that that should be a conversation you have up front. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, that, up up front, most most people, most women will tell you they want a man with a sense of humor until he yeah. starts talking about him on stage. <laughs> had a uh, had a musician friend of mine once tell me that uh, he thought musicians were a lot like stand up comics. It's like no, they're not. You write a song for a woman, she's going to love you to the ends of the earth. You write one joke about him, you're a piece of crap. <laughs> it's a big difference between comedians and musicians. Yeah. You're coming at the problem, the same problem from different directions here. <laughs> one is a little more successful than the other. Absolutely. Not a lot of women out there that want jokes written about them. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, so, uh, absolutely. As a relationship coach, uh, what are your thoughts on online dating? Is it is it an easier way to pick through your uh, your must have list? Well, you know that's interesting um, because I I go on and off. I get frustrated with it from time to time because um, after a while, it's just, it, it's, it, it can be overwhelming, but it, you have to look at online dating as a tool. And I tell, I have people that tell me, oh, I would never, never do online dating. It is just, no, never. Well, you know, about 30% of relationships start online. Mm. And what I tell people is, okay, the next time you hire a carpenter to work around your house, tell him to leave 30% of his tools in his truck. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, okay, it, the work can be done, but, you know, it's just not going to be as efficient. So it, 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 online dating, again, is just a tool. It allows you to meet people that you just wouldn't normally meet in your, in your normal um, walk through life. 
Right. You know, you can you can meet people, and and if you expand your horizons outward a little bit, I mean, geographically, you can you can start talking to people. Um, you know, I'm in Kansas City, and I've had a couple of conversations with women in Oklahoma, um, Texas, uh, Minnesota, and you know, Illinois, and you know, so it it it. It, it 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 opens up the uh, the possibilities. You know, your soulmate might not be right next door. Uh, so you know, when you start looking at at, at um, online dating, use it as an opportunity to meet people. You know, and and it, online dating gives you a great opportunity to scroll through profiles and say, yeah, she looks great, and. But then you start looking through the profile and saying, yeah, nope, next. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a good way to eliminate some. <laughs> it is. And the, 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 the funny thing, when I first, when I first thought on, got online and doing online dating, I thought, yeah, man, I'm a catch for any woman. As I'm scrolling through the, you know, swiping left on all the profiles. And, and then it dawned on me, well, Maybe I'm not a great catch for everyone because look at all these profiles I'm swiping left on. You know, the ones that I'm rejecting, they're doing the same thing to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like that was that was a real reality, reality check for me. It's like, holy crap. Yeah, I guess I'm not the I'm not all that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's online dating will teach you that, too. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think dating in general just teaches you you're not all that. That's really the reality of it. Just, just. Oh, good lord! You can be humbled. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> in a hurry. Yeah. That is for sure. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and take a, a quick break. I'm going to go grab some coffee. Uh, I heard the lawnmower shut off. I'm going to go make sure that kid isn't trapped underneath <laughs> it or something. <laughs> But uh, we will be back here shortly uh, with more with uh, Rick Sotabeer. Now the clock says it's just past three, but it must be broken. Because I swear I have laid here. My throat feels as if I've screamed all day But I've barely spoken And I don't see the point in starting now Now I know I will not forget you But I can't see your face so clear those eyes Well, eyes just don't come in that color Or at least they should Now the clock says it's quarter to five But my eyes won't open I guess enough the restless night for me 
And I'm stuck between needing to sleep to escape my emotion And avoiding dreams of only you Now I know I will not forget you But I can't see your face so clear anymore But those eyes Eyes just don't come in that color And it's not that I can't not love you I've all but moved on with my life for now But those eyes, those eyes, they haunt me still Sure, I could easily recall the shape of your smile, but that shade of blue it stays with me. Now I know I will not forget you, but I can't see your face so clear anymore. But those eyes, eyes just don't. In that color It's not that I can't not love you At all but moved on with my life for now But those eyes, those eyes, they haunt me still I was talking to this one woman for a little while, and like, uh, this is just does not code for anything. I don't do good, obviously. You've seen me up here, right? You hear me talk? Like, you know, she's like, I'm still friends with 85% of my ex-boyfriends. And all I could think is 85% requires a divisor of at least 20. That's... That is as far as you can break that fraction down right there. It's like 17 over 20, 85%. What if she meant like 34 out of 40 or 153 boyfriends out of 180? I don't care how you break it down. She's had way too many dudes in her denominator. That's... <laughs> All right. Hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We're still rolling along with uh, with uh, relationship coach Rick Sotabeer. And uh, am I still pronouncing that right? I think. Yep, you're still yeah. pronouncing it right. All I haven't right, changed the pronunciation since we last talked. I'll probably <laughs> wait all the way to the end of the show and then screw it up. That's There you go. Just, be <laughs> just, just because I have to get it wrong at least once. <laughs> I like it. So, so we've been talking about uh, dating and uh, getting ready for a relationship and online dating and all the all the uh, fun pitfalls. Uh, what? <laughs> and I just I, I have learned a lot about myself. Actually, I think more than I thought possible. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I I think one of the, one of the most most important things you've been talking about is 
allowing yourself time in between because I didn't my first marriage first and second marriage there wasn't all that much time between you know ending the first one and starting to date the second one and then it's just you know all the all the all the uh, all the warning signs were ignored <laughs> well yeah you, I mean and and you know even if you didn't recognize warning signs you're carrying baggage you're carrying grief into the into the next into the next relationship or the next marriage. And it's, you know, that, that brings toxicity into the, into the next relationship. And, and so oftentimes that just can't be overcome. So, uh, you know, it, it, and you're right. It's just so important to take that step back and, and take a look and say, hey, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? Where can I do better? and 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 try to work on it next time and then just be patient you know i've been divorced for 10 years now and uh you know when i got when i got divorced i thought yep nine months i'm going to be with my soulmate i'm going to live happily ever after and yeah look how that worked out (laughs) (laughs) so i'm I'm not expecting that anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) you know and and you know i don't misunderstand me i've dated some really great women but as I've dated, I've I've actually gained some maturity and and I can recognize very quickly that if this isn't going to work, let's just let's just call it a day and, and move on. And if you do it quickly enough, you don't get all the emotions and the the uh, deep feelings. And, you know, I I had a, a, a woman just kicked me to the curb, so to speak, uh, a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. And, you know, we dated, it was kind of a weird relationship, but uh, we dated and and one day I get a text from her and said, yeah, this just isn't working for me. And first of all, you know, God, don't be such a coward. Just call me. You know, I know it's hard, but let's have an adult conversation. I'm not going to beat you up for it. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, but she said, you know, I just don't see you as being the guy in my future. Okay, I get it. I can't argue with that. Um, if you're not going to be happy in the relationship, then, you know, I can't make you happy. So, you know, let's move on. You know, and it was like driving a, a, a stake through my heart for a while. But, right. you know, it, it, it had been a short-term relationship and you recover and, and move on. So you just have to learn to to accept the things um, and recognize that we can't be the extraordinary person for everyone. But when you find it, oh, my God, it is so good. Right. Now, yeah, that, that, that uh, making somebody else happy. I, th- I think that, to me, is has always been kind of a sticking thing to where it's like a, if you're not a happy person, you can't rely on somebody else to make you happy. Exactly. You know, waiting for somebody else to make you happy is not really going to help you much. Not at all. And you, you've got to find that happiness. You've got to, one of the things that I've, uh, and I use myself because I'm experiencing it every day. I, you know, I find that, that, that when you're happy with yourself, you enjoy your own company and it doesn't make any difference whether there's somebody there or not. It doesn't mean we don't get lonely. It doesn't mean we don't desire the, the, the 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 company or the connection but if it's if if you're doing it just to go through the motions oh geez leave me alone there's there's too many other things that i want to do in life besides um suffer through a mediocre relationship right absolutely that's uh and again one of the things with allowing time is it did 
I don't want to say too much, but because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I have a friend I've been uh, hanging out with for some time, and and uh, the the issue is is I mean she's she's ready for something more. I'm definitely not, and that's the that's the hard part is trying to get you know because I. I'm I'm not looking for any kind of a relationship right now. I'm not even sure where my marriage is going to go, you right. know. But but at the same time, this person is ready to be more than just friends, and that's that that's a that's a difficult situation to be in. I think because uh, that's one where you could accidentally end up in a relationship and not know it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and it, that's right. And, and I think you're on the right track and I think it's time to have the adult conversation with her and say, you know, I really like spending time with you, but I don't want to waste your time. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're at a place where you want to move forward. I'm at a place where I, I, I can't. And so, you know, if, if you want to move on, great. If, but this is all I have to offer, all I have to offer right now and you know if if that's if that's okay great if not it's time for us to part ways and and uh, you go out and 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 find that extraordinary relationship for you mine will be there whether it's you or not I don't know but at this point it's not so right right tough and, and conversations I, to have yeah, and that's uh, I think that's one of, always one of my issues. I don't like tough conversations. I'd like to keep things lighthearted and fun, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's why you get that's why you get kicked in the groin so many times, Don. Right. You're you're <laughs> saying I, you're saying I need to grow the hell up is what you're trying to. <laughs> well, that's why I call them having the adult conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Can I do no it like offense, Don? Can I do it like wearing a red clown nose or something just to throw something in there different? I can't. <laughs> I can't be that serious anymore. I just, it's just not me. <laughs> yeah, but just if you were, just think of the comedy that will come out of that one. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know, it's just you know when it, and I was I was having this conversation with someone yesterday that. You were talking about, you know, you you break it off with someone, and is, especially if it's a relatively new relationship, and they start, and you know, was it was in from a guy's perspective, and she starts telling you everything that that you're giving up, or you don't know what you're giving up, you don't know what you're missing. Why would you do that? And it's like, yeah, okay, I just dodged a bullet. <laughs> Now I know why you're still divorced. Yeah. See, my favorite is always, you'll never find someone that loves you like I do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, next. that's fun to hear. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you, your response could be, good Lord, I hope not. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, what? That was such a nice gift. <laughs> that that is terrible. That is, I, I probably have exes that'll listen to this. That I, there are going to be hits out on me after this. Is done. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's you and not me. Yeah. Uh, well, it w- it wouldn't be the first time for me, honestly. But. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I had in-laws that had a hit out on me at one point. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> oh, so yeah, anyway, I, yeah, this, this I, will I, be. I, uh, I, this I, will... I would I would venture to say that I probably was not far behind you on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's it's easy to do. It's it's easy to get to that point. I think. Yeah. Now, I will say that this will be broadcast over a college radio station as well. So uh, hopefully, hopefully there's some advice for these young people that we can uh, we can help pre- pass along out there. These, these young hormonal kids that are out there just ready to settle down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just step back from the hormones and the, the raging hormones and the infatuation. You know what you think is love is really the infatuation, and and um, oh, I can't tell you the problems that that will create. And so, uh. you know, again, just create a must-have list. You know, write it down. You write it in the positive. And and the reason it's important to to state things in the positive is that scientifically they they say that you know if you if you have a negative picture or if you have a negative thought. It, it becomes a picture in your head. You know, for example, if if you want to if you want to date someone that's smoke free, and you say, "No, I, I won't date a smoker." Well, what's the picture you have in your mind? You have a picture of a smoker, and that's the person you're. That's the type of person you're going to attract. I've had people in my workshops come in and or come up and say, "You know, Rick, I swear that I would never date a smoker," and I dated one for five years. And he kept promising and promising, promising he would quit. Guess what? She spent five years with a smoker, somebody she said she would never, never, uh, never date. But, you know, so so that's why it's so important to have that that must must have list written in a positive format. You step back from the the infatuation and raging hormones. And we all go through that. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you get. It's it's going to happen to all of us. And so, you know, you just got to step back and say, yeah, is, is, does, does she have everything I'm looking for? Does he have everything I look, I'm looking for? Um, do they have any of my deal breakers? And if they have any deal breakers, the first word out of your mouth should be next. Yeah. So, you know, well, yeah, that's, that's why, that's why they're deal breakers. That's right. It's just sticking with that and not getting caught up in it. Well, maybe they'll change. And and that yeah, it's just, if if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I'd I'd be laying on a beach somewhere right now. Yeah, you know, that's... <laughs> or or I can live with that. You know, you can live with that for about the first five years, and then it becomes something that's driving you absolutely crazy. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like, <laughs> and these are silly arguments, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's like arguing which way the toilet paper goes on the, on the holder or do you, right, squ- do you squeeze- no argument? It's up over the top. That's you got. Well, from yeah. The yeah. Until you, until you date somebody that puts it under, <laughs> under the, rolls it under the bottom. Yeah. Have that argument then. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, that's one of my deal breakers right there. <laughs> I, I especially then, during times of COVID nineteen, I take my toilet paper very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you have the woman that's going to sabotage you and turn it around when she's using the bathroom. Oh so. yeah, well that's just that's 
That's just that's the, what do they call that passive aggressive? That's just yeah. That, yeah. She that's not an accident. She's just making sure that you know she's mad about something at that. Point. That's all. The that other is. one is where do you squeeze the tube of toothpaste from the bottom or from the middle? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and at 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 when I first started dating, I was pretty set in my ways, and and I would say, no, if you squeeze from the middle, we're done. Uh, but now I said, ah, just get your own damn tube of toothpaste. There you go. That's the best way to do it. I need two. I need two toilet paper roll dispensers in my bathroom. That's what <laughs> there you go. That way, you she can, his and hers toilet paper. That's right. <laughs> And the other one is, you know, just teach her how to put the lid down, you know, it's just, or the seat right. down, you know, if you leave it up, she, she's, she's a smart girl. She can, she can learn how to put it down. You know, it's, you know, it's, I, I have to be honest as, as far as the toilet seat and toilet lid, I'm a firm believer in putting the thing back down. Well, there you go. My, my mother was a genius. <laughs> And she knew that the, if she stacked a whole bunch of crap on a shelf right behind the toilet, it doesn't take more than one or two times to have to pick a bunch of her stuff up out of the toilet before I start putting the lid down. So that that's a bit of parenting advice right there is leave a whole bunch of stuff just precariously stacked on a shelf behind the toilet. And when anything falls in, you make them make the kids pick it out. They're going to put the lid down. <laughs> and for the rest of your life, you put the lid down. Absolutely. I, as I lived as a single man for quite some time, the lid in my rest, the lid is down always. <laughs> <laughs> your mama taught you well. Exactly. Well, see, I don't even know if she, I'm, I'm, if she did it on purpose, it was an act of pure genius. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there, there are all kinds of little, little, little picadillos, little arguments like that that uh, just you can fall into very easily in dating. And to somebody that's been married twice, I still do that. So, well, and and that and and again, it goes back to knowing exactly what you want, what you'll put up with, what you won't. And uh, when you figure that out, it makes life so much easier. Um, you know, you can have a conversation with someone, you know, I had, I had a conversation with a woman the other day and we met on Bumble and, and, um, we just had to agree to disagree on politics. And, um, you know, that was a deal breaker for me, you know, I, you know, I, and, and not to bring politics in, but, um, you know, you have to know what your limitations are, what you'll accept and what you won't. And, and, and it's okay. It's okay to be picky. It's okay to be, um, to want what you want. You know, your friends may say, ah, you're too picky. You know, don't just, you know, she's a nice girl. Go date her. No, don't go date her. If, if she doesn't have every, everything you want, you know, she's good for somebody, just not for you. Right, that makes sense. That's that's yeah. a nicer way to put it than just Ew. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. wouldn't touch her with a ten foot pole. But then I guess that's pretty common in 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 the days of COVID nineteen. You know, was... yeah, that's or at least six foot. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but yes, mom. <laughs> yes, the how... girl came home with ten uh, foot pole marks all over her body. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like everybody was hitting her with a ten foot. <laughs> Thought I'd step in. I got hit myself. I just didn't want to. I was just trying to protect her. Everybody hitting her with that pole. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just that just took a weird turn, I guess. Right? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just wrong. <laughs> Having a nice discussion about relationships, and all of a sudden, sudden somebody's getting beat with poles. That's <laughs> no, not beat, just oh. poked. You know, just, just poked. poked. Yeah, yeah, just po- <laughs> repeatedly poked by several people. <laughs> <laughs> like they're checking to see if she's still alive. That's <laughs> oh, yep, <yeah>, okay. <laughs> and we're off. All right, should, should we hit a couple of news stories? <laughs> absolutely all right all right since since we've since we've gone off the rails on dating and there's i mean let's what else let's can see. we go off the rails on yeah let's yeah. see what else we can we can ruin for people uh, <laughs> uh the dearth of tourists on the beaches of north carolina's outer banks due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic has created a seashell lover's dream the Cape Lookout uh, National Seashore shared a video on Facebook showing large piles of colorful shells spread across the beach as waves splashed over them. Uh, the shells are usually gathered by beachgoers every spring, but the number of collectors has been sharply curtailed due to coronavirus restrictions. Some people who commented on the post speculated that the shells could be piled up about a foot high by the time the visitors are allowed to visit the area again. So, yeah, nobody's picking up the shells. That's a tragedy. <laughs> whoever goes on whoever goes on their first date uh <laughs> in the make outer sure you wear shoes so you don't cut over you. what's that yeah, make sure you wear shoes on the beach because you're gonna right. cut, the, cut the heck out of your feet on those shells yeah that would be bad that would you don't want to go barefoot <laughs> with that many shells on the beach but just, <laughs> besides there'll be a public service just to pick them up at that point and you know, that's, that's right that's, yeah. that's not a good first date at this point <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. But yeah, yeah. pick, pick but I tell place. you what, where else are you gonna go right now? So that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> okay. Why is my computer me- my computer's messing with me now? Okay, what do we got here? Uh, not even Spider-Man could save this meal. Uh, while many people have been stocking up on canned goods during the coronavirus, it's important to remember that food uh, the food doesn't last forever. While many cans have had a long shelf life, uh, 25 years is likely a bit too long to let something sit. A Twitter user going by the name of Dinosaur Dracula, uh, which is great, uh, shared his experience online as he opened a can of Spider-Man soup from 1995. Uh, Before opening the can, he described it as uh, wildly corroded. The process of opening the can was documented each step of the way with Dinosaur Dracula uh, showing off photos of the can being opened. Uh, along with photos, he wrote, I, ca- I put the can opener to work unsettled by the rust, but emboldened by the lack of noxious fumes. <laughs> I turned the knob and wince, unable to rule out the possibility that the contents have mutated into something alive and malevolent. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, wow. It it does show the pictures on here, and I recommend checking them out because that is some of the weirdest Spider-Man pasta I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) There's no liquid. There's just one chunk in the crust. So that is, uh, yeah, 25-year-old cans of soup are probably not good at this point. Well, 
I contend that's why that's why we've had all the shortages of toilet paper and paper towels and food on the shelves is the um, is the um, the the hoarders the 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 preppers that were prepping for uh, Y2K have finally run out of stuff and they they're, need they're into out. that yeah into that old canned goods stuff that's <laughs> that makes sense. See, because I, I thought the toilet paper shortage was because there were a lot of people that would have to eat their own cooking for the first time in years. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, I, just, I, gotta, I gotta stop looking at this canned goods. That's, that's just disgusting. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine the smell of the coagulated contents. Yeah, yeah. Which I would think Spider-Man soup wouldn't be that great to begin with. I mean, I never tried it back in back in the day when the, when it was apparently available. Uh, but yeah, twenty five year old Spider-Man soup is not something I, I want to try. I wonder if that came from China and there's actual spiders in there. It could be. That, that would at least it would be somewhat organic. Because whatever was in that can didn't look like it was ever a living thing. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. Here we go. Uh, Twitter user speculating that a stranded kayaker might actually be Bigfoot. That's great. <laughs> a kayaker in New York managed to avoid being the star of a real-life sequel to Tom Hanks' 2000 film Castaway on Friday, thanks to the New York Police Department. The unidentified man was reported missing for more than 12 hours before he was finally discovered on a remote island in Jamaica Bay, Queens. Uh, the, that's according to the NYPD tweet, which uh, noted the kayaker managed to take social distancing to the next level. That's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> luckily, rather than feeling all wet, the stranded kayaker helped his own calls by starting a fire as well as spelling out help using sticks he gathered. In addition, he <laughs> made sure to get attention of officers flying a police helicopter by frantically waving his arms when it flew by. So, yeah, there's there the police tweeted the video of that, and it, it does kind of look like Bigfoot running around. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I don't I don't know that Bigfoot can spell using sticks. But uh, that's another speculation. He very well could. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you know? <laughs> See, I wonder if, uh, you know, Bigfoot, he's kind of shy. I wonder if he's ever tried online dating. That's another speculation. Know. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm grasping at things here. <laughs> we, we have to go, we have to go, go do a, a search on, on, on the websites to see if Sasquatch is on there. Right, right. Yeah, we'd have Just to look for the really. username Sasquatch. Yeah, he'd probably he'd probably go under some made up name like Daryl or something. That's yeah, or Melvin or Melvin. May up Melvin's a little. It's just a little hairy, little hairy. That's uh, and there's some women like that. That's why I've got the beard. So there you go. <laughs> All right, here's something to pass the time and. Uh, in COVID-19 lockdown, a pair of Idaho men shared videos showing how they beat the Guinness World Record for catching tennis balls in a basket placed on a person's head. Because uh, why not? David Rush, who has broken more than 100 Guinness, uh, Guinness records to promote uh, STEM education, teamed up with a coronavirus quarantine buddy, Jonathan Hannon, to record or to break the record. 
after previously breaking a similar record with a basket strapped to Rush's back. Uh, Rush held the basket on his head while Hannon threw tennis balls for a full minute. Hannon threw a total of 123 tennis balls in the allotted time, and Rush caught 98 of them. The men say they beat a previous record of 79 catches. So that's something that other people have done. This is not... <laughs> if you, that's, I guess that's something to do in quarantine, is strap there, a basket you know, to your head and have somebody throw uh, tennis balls at you. That's, who, uh, who would think of doing that to... Uh, in the first place to try to uh, make a world Guinness book world record. Right. right. (laughs) But there was a previous record. I know. They were the first ones to do it. (laughs) Who came up with the idea to begin with? You know, and and what kind of skill does it take to get tennis balls into a a bushel basket? Well, if you think about it, it was one minute, that's 60 seconds. And he threw 123 tennis balls. That's, that's amazing talent. right there. That is a talent. That's got a, I mean, unless he like had a, a bucket or a big scoop where he could throw a bunch at once. If you're picking them up and throwing them, that's a lot. That's that's. Well, yeah, I, 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 I would guess that's quite an amazing talent. That's that's what? one flying ball every half a second. That's. <laughs> <laughs> and to be able to get 98 of them in the basket, that's it's impressive. It it's is. Not a, it's not a great use of your time, but if you're... <laughs> well, that's I what I was just going to ask. And, and this talent could be used in real life for what? <laughs> for breaking the Guinness World Record. Well, there you go. Balls in a basket on somebody's head. That's uh, <laughs> It's something else to put on their dating profile in case yeah. that's what somebody's looking for. That could I be hold a talent. Guinness- I hold a hundred Guinness Guinness Book World Records. Right, that's that's impressive. That could be something. Could that be, I, it's not old, on my list of must-haves, but that that man's an overachiever. <laughs> that he is, but he but he could throw a hell of a lot of tennis balls in a minute, which is it's something you you don't that not everybody has that talent. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, well. I don't know. <laughs> I have to watch the <laughs> film at eleven. Let's watch that film and there you go. Absolutely, yeah. We, we'd have to. Uh, that they should have recorded it. There should be video of that happening. Oh wait, there is. <laughs> if you go, <laughs> if you go to the article, there is a yeah. Most most balls caught in a bucket on the head. <laughs> <laughs> And he's being safe. He's wearing his mask. So yeah, they 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 did everything right. There you go. <laughs> good 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 it, people right there. Good people. There you go. <laughs> well, we're about out of time. I'm going to give you a couple minutes if you uh, want to tell somebody how they can get a hold of you if they need to, if they need your advice because I'd say there are a lot of people that do. Uh, I know for for a fact. But if you want to put out your information, any social media you have, where people can get a hold of you to, to take advantage of your services, uh, this is your time. Well, I appreciate it, Don. Um, you can you check out my website, ricksodebeer.com, and uh, that's S-O-E-T-E-B-I-E-R, just like it sounds. 
Um, you can also pick up my book there. The book is Dating Backward, A Practical Guide to Dating and Finding Your Soulmate. And it's also available on Amazon and uh, in paperback and uh, a Kindle. And uh, if you have, uh, you can you can follow me on Facebook. I'm at, it's at Rick Sodebeer Coach. And follow my daily tips, insights, and inspirations. Uh, you can see my blogs there. You can see my blogs on my on my website. And then, um, if you want to if you want to reach out, go to my website. And if you're interested in individual coaching, I do a half hour complimentary or complimentary consultation to see where you're at and what what you need. And the idea of coaching with me is that we we take care of you quickly. We don't want to keep you in a coaching situation forever. We want you to progress and move forward. So anyway, that's, those are the places that you can, can find me most often. I am um, check in on Facebook. If, if you find me on Facebook and want to talk privately, just send me a message and I'll reach out to you and, and uh, we'll go from there. That's All my right. story, Don. Awesome. I, I appreciate you sharing your story. I, I thank you for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I've, I've enjoyed it. Hope to do it again sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. It's been very insightful too. I'm going to, I'm going to use some of these, uh, some of your advice, <laughs> maybe have an adult conversation at some point. I don't know. It, there you go. It hasn't it, fallen on deaf ears. There, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Rick Sotabir. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Life Radio Show. Uh, we're going to keep more uh, more of these COVID-19 lockdown uh, episodes coming out. So uh, be sure to listen to uh, listen to all of them. Collect the entire set. You won't be, uh, well, you might be a little disappointed, but not in this one, because this, <laughs> this one's a lot of great advice. Oh, well, you can be disappointed. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, Again, you can't rely on somebody else to make you happy. You know, you that's just, right. Sometimes you, if you just have to be happy. Uh, and and if I didn't make you happy today, well, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, thanks a lot. Tune into the Life Radio Show next time. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org, and we go Facebook Live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs>